This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome to Grace Enough Podcast and the 12 Days of Christmas in July series, brought to you by SchoolhouseTeachers.com. A firm Christian-based worldview is the springboard needed in today's world, which can be attained with a SchoolhouseTeachers.com education. Use code EXPLORE to pay only $179 for a two-year ultimate membership during SchoolhouseTeachers.com Explore the World BOGO event. This is an incredible savings opportunity. Sign up now and receive a complimentary Explore the World tote while supplies last. Certain restrictions will apply. With your SchoolhouseTeachers.com membership, you can create your own homeschool schedule using over 400 unique courses, videos, lap books, unit studies, and more. One price covers the entire family, giving you immediate access to hundreds of resources, including virtual school boxes for kindergartners through high schoolers. Sign up at schoolhouseteachers.com using code EXPLORE today. Now, let's jump in to our 12 Days of Christmas in July series. Do you find it challenging to come up with gift ideas at Christmas? Well, 12 Days of Christmas in July is intended to not only give you a head start on Christmas shopping, but to introduce you to nonprofits and small businesses I recommend. To get into the gift-giving mood, I will be giving items from all 12 episodes beginning Friday, August 6, 2021. In order to enter, please follow me on Instagram at graceenoughpodcast underscore Amber. Let's jump into day four featuring Women's Bean Project and Executive Director Tamara Ryan. Good morning, Tamara, and welcome to the Grace Enough Podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you, Amber. Thank you. I am so grateful to be sharing what we're going to talk about today for my Christmas in July series. And so as we get going, the first thing I want my listeners to know is what is the mission behind the Women's Bean Project? Our mission is to change women's lives by providing stepping stones to self-sufficiency through social enterprise. I think there are a couple of things in there that are important. One is stepping stones. So uh, a typical woman we hire hasn't had a job longer than a year in her lifetime. So the average age is 38. So we recognize that during the time she works for us, which is seven months, our job is to help her get on a path to self-sufficiency and and provide her services and to tee her up so that when she leaves us, she can continue her journey uh, and be better off for it. Yeah. Well, what is a little bit of the backstory of the Women's Bean Project? You know, we see social enterprises have become incredibly popular, but you have, I mean, this organization has been around for a long time. So give us a little bit of the backstory. That's true. We were founded in 1989. I I like to say that we were founded when tracksuits were cool and now tracksuits are back in. Why? 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 (laughs) 
So our founder was getting her master's degree in social work. She had gone back to school in her late 50s to get that degree. And as a part of that MSW degree, she was uh, embedded in a, a nonprofit that was a daytime homeless shelter for women and kids. And as a part of that internship that she was doing, she was there for a whole school year. So women would come and use the services of the daytime shelter because they didn't have a job. And they'd come with their kids or they'd come by themselves. And the shelter would, of course, keep them safe. And they'd eventually leave because they'd get jobs. But because she was there for so long, she kept seeing the same women coming back over and over again. She realized that while the shelter did keep them safe, it didn't really do anything to break them out of that cycle that they were in. Mm-hmm. She came upon this idea that if she could teach the women to work, by actually working, that would be the cure for poverty. So she invested $500 of her own money and bought beans and put two women to work making 10 bean soup. And 32 years later, here we are. I love it. When did it get to the point where, you know, they were really packaging the beans, the um, dry goods for, you know, popcorn, different mixes, all types of things, actually like packaging those things up and shipping them out. Do you know when that took place? Well, it really... like any business, it evolved. Yeah. So it started with that first holiday season in 1989. They made tending soup with that $500 investment and sold $6,100. And so, you know, wouldn't it be great to have that kind of return on investment for yes. all of our investments? And I think they were like, hey, this might, we might be onto something. And then from there, it was going to craft fairs and selling to individuals. And then fairly early in our history, we got into a grocery chain here in Colorado. Mm. And that probably is a bit of what turned the tide. We had also a website in the really early days. So we are womensbeanproject.com as opposed to .org. And a lot of that is because uh, we had a website so early that the prevailing wisdom was if you wanted to sell something, you couldn't be a .org website. Because Isn't that, that was so when, funny. <laughs> it, it was really funny to think about because at that time you couldn't make donations online. There were so many things you couldn't do online that you we didn't we don't think anything of now. So over time we've added products because in part because bean soup doesn't say summer <laughs> as much as I try. I push chili dogs, you know, the whole nine <laughs> yards, but uh, we really felt the need to diversify our product line. Yeah. Initially, it was with baking mixes. So we have a cornbread mix that goes with our chilies and, and our soup mixes. We have cookie mixes. And so you, we really have products in our foundation that serve meals. And then we've also had to, because we've been around for 32 years, people don't eat the same in America as they did 32 years ago. That's so we've right. introduced some products in the last few years that are much more consistent with how people eat. And that's the popcorn and the um, snacks. And we have a line of snack items, which are really yummy. Uh, we have an instant beans and rice cup. Yeah. Um, and the, later this year, we'll be introducing an instant breakfast cup. And nice. really the purpose of all these products is, you know, and in introducing new products is to diversify so that we can meet a lot of people's needs. Right. And it, our, our soup is delicious and our tempting soup is still our bestseller, you know, amazingly 32 years later, but uh, it, it also really um, limits our access to customers, I think. Yeah. Well, so tell me if a woman comes and they are going to be employed by the Women's Bean Project, 
what, and obviously if someone buys from Women's Bean Project, um, they're supporting that woman working. What does that process for her look like? It sounds like she only works there seven months. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So what does that seven months look like for her? Well, first of all, she's hired for a full-time job. It's 36 hours a week. Uh, to this year, they're paid $14.80 an hour. Our minimum wage in Denver goes up to $15 an hour in 2022. Yeah. So we try to be a little bit better than minimum wage. Um, and uh, so she's hired for this full-time job. She spends 70% of her paid time working in the business in some way. So that's going to be on the production line, potentially in shipping department, maybe in our retail store. There are a wide variety of skills. It's in that part of her job, the bean job is what we call it. She's learning uh, the importance of coming to work every day and on time and to take direction and pay attention to the detail. Those are what we would consider basic job readiness skills. And no matter where she goes to work next, she's going to need those skills. Then mm-hmm. 30% of her paid time is in what we call the U job, the YOU job, where she's working on herself. So in that part, she's actually in classes, computer classes, for instance, which we consider a life skill. Yeah. Uh, planning and organizing and budgeting and where she's working on. Many of our women are in recovery. So she's working on a wellness recovery action plan, which is a plan for uh, how she's going to respond when there are triggers in her world. Um, and so having a plan in advance uh, versus you know, succumbing to relapse. Mm. Uh, and so all of those activities, including then preparation of a resume and a cover letter and all the things that she's going to need and the skills that she's going to need to go into the next job are all part of that U job and that program. At the end of her time with us, or as she's nearing the end, she starts in job search. We assist with connecting her to potential employers, but getting the job is her responsibility. And the reason we have that philosophy is that if we get her the next job, she gets one job. But if she gets that job, she knows how to do it and she can do that over and over again. Absolutely. And to me, that's the most important thing that we can do is to tee her up to have success in the future. Yeah. Well, and I'm assuming at this point, because you guys have been around for so long that you probably have some really solid partners that also know the work that you're doing and that these women really do become reliable. Is that a true statement? That's exactly true. And so then those employers might come to us and say, hey, we're looking for another employee or or our reputation. Maybe it's been a few years since they hired one of our graduates. But seeing Women's Bean Project on someone's resume has meaning because of our long time in the community. Ah, I love that so much. Well, what do you love about working with the Women's Bean Project? You know, amazingly, so in June, I will have been the CEO for 18 years, which is just crazy to think about. So Uh, awesome, though. That's a road of faithfulness right there that you don't (laughs) see that often anymore. No, you don't. And uh and I will tell you what has kept me here is, is the same thing that attracted me to become a volunteer to begin with, which is that I, um, I think it's so amazing that there's a business and the better the business does, the more the mission can be served. Mm-hmm. And those two are, are, are interdependent. And I think that um, that's a really interesting way to, to operate. But 
what what I've gotten the opportunity to do that is even better than you know liking the business model is now I get to meet the women on the first day, and they nice. are often aren't really sure why they're there or what this place is going to be, and then over a pretty short amount of time they literally blossom, and so I get to witness transformation firsthand, mm-hmm. and I think in our lifetime you know if we have the opportunity to do work that is meaningful. Yeah, that is meaningful and and so impactful. Gosh, how lucky are we? Absolutely. It's so true. Um, I mean, and we were talking about that a little bit earlier too, just about how really marketing for a company like the one that you work for is all about word of mouth. And that's why I love sharing it. I came to know about the Women's Bean Project through a gift given to me by my sister-in-law. And then I told you that as a result of that, I ended up gifting that as a party favor, not what she gave me, but I purchased from the Women's Bean Project and gave all of these products to people who had come to my home. And then I end up later getting emails and texts. Hey, what was that that you gifted us? I want to give that as Christmas gifts. And so is that what you have seen to be true that the best marketing tool is word of mouth? Well, by far it is. And we know that just in general, that when some, when a friend or um, someone you're close to tells you about something, of course, you're going to be more inclined to believe it than if you just see an ad. That's and right. what's so beneficial to us is that then that allows us, rather than spending money on marketing, it allows us to spend money on the mission. Yeah. So our marketing budget is very, is minuscule. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, sometimes that doesn't serve as well. For instance, to be in grocery stores, you really do have to spend a lot of money on promotions. Yeah. And so that is not an area where we have grown. You know, we've, we're, we're, we're in local grocery stores, but have not had a lot of success outside of Colorado. But where we have been successful is in um, online channels, which is where, you know, you send your friends these days anyway, and also small sort of fair trade kinds of stores, which are really lend themselves much more to that idea of, I've just told my friend because I care about what she cares about. Yeah. And I want her to know about this mission. And that's honestly the reason that we've grown. And I think um, we also have tried as a company to do things that I guess, encourage people to, to do um, this word of mouth marketing. So on our products, uh, the majority of the products are sealed with a sticker that say lovingly handmade by and the name of a woman who yep. made the product. And I can't tell you how often we get letters from people from all over the country that say, you know, dear Susan, I just had your soup mix. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. Uh, I love God it. bless you. And, you know, I wish you all on your journey. Um, and gosh, that's way more effective marketing than anything we are or, or advertising than anything we could pay for. That's so we true. We want to make sure that when our product ends up in somebody's hands, there's enough information on there to at least pique their interest mm-hmm. uh, or, or their curiosity. Um, we talk about on our products, we say that um, we believe that all women have the power to transform their lives through employment. And so we hire women experiencing chronic unemployment and we teach them to work by making nourishing products. Yeah. And so we do, and we put that on our products because we really want somebody to say, huh, I wonder how they do that. 
That's right. And come and find out more. Well, you've shared a few of, obviously you say the 10 bean soup is still the best selling product. What are, would you say are some other favorites that you provide? Our cornbread mix is an oldie, but a goodie. It's everybody loves it. My, um, but my favorite cookie, uh, baking mix is our oatmeal chocolate chip cookie mix. Okay. I haven't tried it. And, um, you know, what's great about a baking mix is that if you're not really much of a baker and you don't really want to go out and get the flour and all that stuff and have it on hand after you've made your one batch, yeah. all you need for our baking mixes is typically an egg or some oil or, you know, uh, butter. And then, and most of the time we have that on hand. That's or right. we don't mind if we have to get it and we still have it on hand. Yeah. And then you make this delicious batch of cookies and you seem like the best chef ever. <laughs> so this is a really great way to, <laughs> to be a really great cook. Um, I love our, it. Our snacks are also doing pretty well. In fact, what I didn't mention before is Tempeh Soup has been our bestseller forever and ever, all the way up until last holiday season in 2020. And a brand new product, our raspberry gummy fish. Oh. Totally displaced ten bean soup. Uh, kids, man, big, kids. Yeah, it's, <laughs> in, in our world, that's really big news. <laughs> that's right. Well, and I'm sitting here thinking, ooh, that's a good stocking stuffer. That's a good, you know, I mean, like, because the thing is, it's good for a lot of things. But um, someone like me, who is a mom of young kids in particular, is that, you were always looking for something unique to put in there. And so um, once someone buys one, that leads to repetitive buying. And so um, I know that to be true. You know that to be true. And, and yeah. probably most of our listeners do. And so as we close out here, um, where can the products be found? Yep. It's womensbeanproject.com. That's where you can find us. And so that's the easiest way, of course. Then if you would like to see if there's a store near you for your listeners, on our website, there's a map and there's a list of stores. We're in about a thousand stores across the country. So chances are not, um, are, are pretty good that there might be a store not far from one of your listeners. And then we are also carried by other websites. Um, so we, you can find us on Amazon as well. Yeah. We do the fulfillment for that, but you know, I guess I, I think about how often I'm on Amazon every right. week. So <laughs> no, that's the thing. It's like, it's best to buy directly from the website because you get more of the money. However, when you're already paying Amazon to do it, um, it's a much easier place to get the word out. Yeah, that's true. And, and of course the, the best channel for us is directly, but I also think that, you know, as we think about um, having all of these partners, allows us to be bigger that's and right have a bigger footprint and so we are that that is hugely beneficial we are a very sales driven organization because sales create jobs that's so right our ability to deliver on our mission is dependent on our ability to sell product so mm. honestly i love it when people buy regardless of how they buy because that you know there is a woman behind that product who got employment and whose life was changed mm. that's actually i think pretty cool yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Tamara. I am really, really grateful for what um, the Women's Bean Projects is doing. And so I appreciate your time. Thank you. Get shopping, friends, or at least save this episode for reference when you are looking to buy your next gift. 
Don't forget to follow Grace Enough on Instagram at graceenoughpodcast underscore Amber so you can enter to win the huge giveaway coming at the end of our 12 Days of Christmas in July series. Let's meet back here tomorrow for day five featuring 10ofthose.com. This episode was brought to you in part by the Lord of Spirits podcast. Many Christians yearn to break free of the influence of secular materialism and to understand the union of the seen and unseen worlds as made by God. What is the spiritual world like? Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.